Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries, friends. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic six years from my last drink. My sobriety is such a huge part of who I am. I decided that I needed to help others find their voice and share their journey too. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who live them. Head on over to thesobrietydiaries.com where you can join our insiders list for exclusive content, early release episodes, and more. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode and spending part of your day with me here on the Sobriety Diaries. Today is an awesome episode, and I love when this happens. Today's guest is Jimmy, and when this episode airs, he will be just a few days away from celebrating his sixth sobriety anniversary. We recorded this during Pride Month. I had just been let go from a job, which Jimmy had in the past as well, and the planets just seemed to align on many things that Jimmy and I could relate to and discuss and reflect on. It was also a time when a close family member of mine was in inpatient treatment, and we discussed that as well. Just all around a great conversation with my new friend, Jimmy. So let's open the diary on Jimmy Adams. I am here with my new friend, Jimmy Adams. Jimmy, happy Sunday, my friend. How are you? Oh, Nate, I'm so good. Thank you. Happy Sunday. It's Pride Month. It's Sunday. It's beautiful outside. What more could we ask for, right? We are living, living it up. (laughs) And this has sort of been a long time coming. So I feel like I'm excited to hear your story. I'm excited to chat. So uh, I kind of just like to jump in and invite you to answer some some kind of introductory questions, and then yeah. we'll kind of just see where the conversation takes us. But I usually like to start with when was your last drink or drug, and why was it that day in particular? Oh, such a good question. I love this one. Um, so my last drink, uh, though. Though not drug. Drug was like a few days prior. My last drink was July 29th, 2016. So, um, you know, coming up, knock on, knock on wood here, coming up on, uh, on six years, which is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, it was that day in particular, and, and that time, 1 p.m., uh, that, uh, you know, it, it was that day because that I, I'll always remember that. Um, uh, and the the last drink that I had in the car going into detox, right? Yeah. Like yeah. as we do, I, I even tried, you know, pushing it back. Like they, they called and they're like, okay, uh, you know, 
one o'clock, be here ready for check-in. And I'd, you know, been on a wait list to get into this treatment program for, um, you know, a couple of days, like not long, just five days calling them every day. They're yeah. like, are you still yeah. drinking? I'm like, you know, I am. I, I'm absolutely still drinking. Don't ask me how much I don't remember, but I, I right. sure am. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I had my last drink in my car and, you know, showed up to showed up to this detox center here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I'm from. And, um, you know, like, wasn't that drunk, right? I was probably pretty drunk. I like left my car in a parking structure with no thought of, you know, what would happen to it. I had to call my my family later and be like, could you guys pick up my car? Because I think I'm going to be here longer than two days. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this was this was not as short a stay as I thought it would be. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and and just leading up to that, uh, it was a painful a few years, certainly a painful couple of weeks, you know. Um, that last week of July, while now a, a, a kind of joyous moment in my life each year, um, then, you know, it was kind of dark. I, you know, I have a late July birthday, so I celebrated really hard. That year, 2016, you know, it was, was gently, not so gently asked to leave my job <laughs> by my employer. And, uh, and then, you know, as, as luck would have it, I knew the right people to get in contact with and say, hey, you seem to be uh, doing pretty well. And I, from what I remember, you're sober. What, you know, what advice do you have? Where should I go? What should I do? I'm kind of like hopeless here. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That was the the last day, July 29, 2016. Nice. Well, I, I am currently in my sixth year uh, of recovery coming up on seven. I was asked um, to leave a job as well. I, I feel like we've, we've got a lot of things that we can touch on and, and relate to one another. So leading up to that, I guess, how looking back, how do you see your addiction sort of taking over those portions of your life? And and have you identified things that contributed specifically to, you know, in the work that we do, um, been yeah. able to look back and identify some of those things? Yeah, you know, some some kind of major life events, you know, contribute to this. And, you know, that was a result of me not knowing how to be healthy, how to do the internal work. So, you know, first was a move to college, right? That, that 18-year-old me yes. who had never had a drink before, believe it or not, um, you know, first weekend in college, I discovered alcohol and I was like, mm. wow, this is amazing. This is, you know, wow. so much fun. We, we, know, <laughs> we know that feeling. So I discovered that and, you know, instantly was as they say, off to the races, like instantly was like, oh, I could totally black out every weekend, which yeah. I pretty much did. Proceeded um, to do, right? Right. <laughs> Just no, no easing into things. So, you know, that transition into being a young adult, not having so much structure, you know, those, those are scary, big transitions for any of us. And as I was discovering that, okay, substances are pretty fun, you, you know, in this chapter, like I, I was, I was ready to go. So that, and then, you know, I was not a very good college student. 
I was at a, a great school here at, in Michigan, the University of Michigan, and who knows why they let me in? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they certainly let me out a couple of times. They certainly said, <laughs> you know, you've got some things to work on here yeah. and your academic performance is suffering. So each of those times that I was, uh, I was suspended, I, I took that as an opportunity to just go a little bit deeper, right. To go a little bit darker. Pema Chodron's quote, um, and I'm, I'll, I'll probably get it wrong here, but you know, only to the extent that we experience annihilation over and over again, can that which is indestructible within us be found. Mm. I heard that 10 years ago when I, when I was in my twenties and that really stuck. I, I was ready to experience that annihilation, that ripping apart, experiencing, you know, some, some contrast, some adversity that I hadn't before. So, you know, that, and then just this other significant event of getting in a bike accident. And you can bet that I was in a bike accident because I was, I was drunk biking, (laughs) getting in a bike accident and having this, um, this kind of traumatic moment, you know, having a, a, uh, fractured skull and a whole bunch of other wild things of, you know, hitting the pavement. Like, you know, my, my go-to after that was to drink a bit more to, um, you know, to, to use that time to kind of wallow in my misery. So, you know, those were big ones. And then of course, there's always the, the contributing, uh, you know, moments of breakups and failed romances and, you know, me being messy, but, um, those were two big moments. And then as I discovered uh, drugs a little bit later in my in my drinking and using career, uh, you know, I, I used that also as an opportunity to, to, you know, discover some things that I probably didn't need to discover and, right, right. Uh, and dive into with myself and uh, explore some darker elements of myself. But um, but you know, that was, I think that was sort of well underway for a few years. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I, I did an inpatient treatment, um, program mm. as well, and it was a state run facility. You know, I was, I was going to this place, not against my will, but definitely at the urging of mm. some of my family and friends. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, kicking and screaming is probably an exaggeration, but, you know, I was going into this experience, very close-minded and, uh, sort of having the foresight that I wouldn't have anything in common with these people mm-hmm. that my addiction was not as bad as theirs. You know, there were people coming from, you know, directly from the corrections department, there were mm-hmm. homeless people and IV drug users. And, you know, my life is not as bad as these people. And I walked out of those doors after forming some of the closest bonds that I have ever in my life and having some of the closest relationships with individuals that I, in fact, have the most in common with. Um, So I I wonder if you could talk a bit about Mm. your your treatment experience and, you know, not that it was similar to mine, but how you felt when you walked out of those doors as well. I was terrified walking out of the doors because I couldn't trust myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, And that was after, let's see, three weeks. I was, I was in this, uh, this detox for three weeks and then moved on to a transitional housing program for nine months. And, uh, and 
you know, when I was going in, I had a strangely open mind. I'm not sure what gift that was, but I was walking <laughs> in and I was like, okay, I don't really know what to expect. You know, again, I was like maybe a day, two days, five days max. I was like, I think I read on the website, like five days max. Turns out that's like five days and then you go to like a three month treatment, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I missed that part. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, I was going in, not sure, not having tried getting sober before um, and certainly not working any kind of program of recovery. And, you know, coming out of that, I was, I was surrounded by support, right? Folks who, just like you said, I wasn't sure what I had in common with them. Um, and then I was, I was amazed that there's this whole community, right? There's this whole group of people. And that's who the people who were, you know, smoking cigarettes outside of the church yes. at 730 on Friday night. Oh, that's who they are. That's what they're doing here. Cause then I was one of them. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be in a program that required support and required, uh, that, you know, we get folks to, to be of service to us, to, pick us up from that center and take us out to a meeting, three of them a day. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I had my little red book of phone numbers that, uh, that I knew I could, I could get in touch with anyone um, at any time. And I was, I was mostly shocked and, and, you know, it took some time for the shock to wear off. I was like, wow, these folks are living these happy, abundant, you know, bright, kind of shiny lives that, um, you know, when they share their stories, I couldn't believe that, uh, that that was them, but that, that was their history. And then eventually, you know, I'm, I was grateful to, you know, become one of those people. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you said you were a little terrified to leave. I think that brings oh, up yeah. a, a great point because, you know, we learn these tools and tactics while, being sort of secluded, right? From mm -hmm. the real world. And then the real work begins after we leave that security. So what were, you know, if, if we have listeners who are new to recovery, mm -hmm. uh, I know that we have listeners who are currently, you know, in, in a facility or uh, in treatment programs. So what are some of the biggest takeaways that you walked out of those doors with, or that you sort of transitioned back into uh, reality with that we can share with them today? Yeah. Oh, I can't overemphasize the importance of, of diving into that network, connecting with supports, you know, walking out of those doors and going to pack up my apartment. You know, I was giving up this beautiful apartment that um, I was like, I can't be trusted here. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, uh, no, take the keys. Uh, so, you know, on that drive, it was a 12 minute drive. I think I, I called probably three people. Right. And I was just like, Hey, listen, I'm going here. And frankly, I don't even remember what I might find. I think, mm. I think I cleared everything out, but, um, but you know, point. I, yeah. right. I was Re like, I'm returning, going returning to that toxic environment, right. Oh, can yeah. someone be there prior to you getting home. Can someone go home with you? Right. Um, especially being so fresh. That's a great point. Yeah, that was, that was it. So yeah, I had, I had folks show up with me and I made a quick pack and put everything in storage. And then, you know, at the advice of others, I, I 
think that was, you know, one of the saving graces was that I was open to the advice of others. Not that everybody had great things to say, or, you know, would I exactly follow that route again, but, you know, I was leaning into, um, you know, I, I was uh, practicing a, a program of recovery in AA. So I was leaning into what my sponsor said. And, you know, yeah. when they said, give up your apartment, I said, sure, why not? Let's see, because obviously this isn't going to work out if I, if I'm trying to run the show here and, and, you know, we regain that agency, we regain our sense of uh, confidence in ourselves to make sound decisions eventually, but three weeks in, mm -mm, nope, I, Mm -hmm. I was, I was not about that. Yeah. Yeah. My decisions got me here. So I'll take take your advice on that one. Yeah, that was, it was painful enough uh, and, and rewarding and exciting and, um, and, you know, I grew so much, so much in that time, but it was painful enough that I just didn't want to do it again. I didn't want to end up back there. Like I'd seen folks leave and come back, you know, I stayed yeah. there 21 days and I, I saw some people come back three times and, Same. you know, <laughs> I didn't want to be that. I knew that I had a higher vision, a higher purpose and, uh, and, and more, uh, for myself to do than than that, and certainly that's their journey. And many of those folks are now in long term recovery, and I'm I'm so glad that they're around. Some of them aren't around at all, sadly. But yeah, yeah. you know, we uh, we make it through in our own time. Yeah, right. So, at what point in your recovery did you start to realize that this was perhaps something that you could? you know, turn into a career or turn into Mm -hmm. something that could help other people and not necessarily just on the recovery side of things, but more of a a generalized coaching or a a life uh, skills or coaching uh, sort of side of things as well. Um, Oh, this is a fun one. All right. Three (laughs) years in, I was preparing for, uh, for this new event. I was with a um, with my then partner and he was moving to Berlin for the year and I was staying in Ann Arbor. So here we were going long distance. We needed so much intentionality. We yeah. needed so much, you know, trust and faith and confidence in, in each other and, and honesty from and to each other. So, you know, I did, I did a major amount of self-development there and I'd been doing some, you know, some amounts of self-development throughout, but not quite in the intense focused way that that summer, um, you know, produced. Right. So one of the books that I read, still one of my favorites and one of my favorite like intro books to kind of self-design is you are a badass by mm-hmm. Jen Sincero. Yeah. Like what a good, so like, good. smart, funny, kind of reads you for filth sometimes, <laughs> right. but you've read it. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I love it. Yes. Oh, so I read that and I was like, I am strapped to a rocket ship. I feel like I <laughs> yeah. could accomplish anything. So I like a challenge. And I was like, well, then what am I going to accomplish? How do I want to be bold and authentic here? Because I've got this, this, you know, gift of clarity so I can probably make anything that I want to make happen. And that was the first time that I really understood that at a, like a intuitive level. So started, you know, like 
kind of dabbling. I was like, well, let's see how much more money I can make and made a little bit more money. Let's see what kind of moves I can make in my career. And I kind of fast tracked a little bit. Like I, I regained a lot of lost time essentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, set my sights high, was able to, uh, to be pretty successful and, and pretty quickly in my then hospitality career. And, uh, and begin growing teams and developing others through developing myself, growing as a leader. So in 2020, with just a little extra free time, you know, my, my business was closed down. Restaurants weren't really, <laughs> weren't happening except right. for like a small takeout operation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I started investing in myself as a coach and getting trained and using all that I learned in a program of recovery to influence, you know, these sort of, these sorts of methods for, for being of service to people, helping them see their potential. And and then that's really what I ultimately do is uh, help cast that vision, see some, uh, some greater potential, and then just go for it. Like, let's go. And you know, having done one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life, which is, you know, getting sober, everything after that is, you know, sometimes challenging, but like, if I could do that, I really can endure anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yes, the hardest thing I've Mm -hmm. ever done, but also it's sort of, you can look at it as, you know, putting down the bottle was kind of just the first step in this amazing yeah. sort of new n- new life or new process that we can mm-hmm. look at almost you know i i kind of look back at it as like this birds eye view you know hindsight is mm-hmm. 2020 of course but like the things that we learn you know i started my recovery journey in in the rooms of a 12 step program as well and and the things that we learn there are more just about living a better life and being a better person and helping mm-hmm. others. It's like you put the bottle down and that's kind of the easy part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, not the easy, yeah. it's not easy at all, but it, it's, it's these other things that we sort of have to dig in deeper to yeah. discover and to work on, but then we can in turn use those tools, not mm-hmm. only to help other people, but in other aspects of our life as well. Right. Yeah. Beautiful thing. Yeah. So uh, where can people reach out or if people are interested in working with you or learning more, how can they contact you? Yeah. So the easiest way and and probably quickest way to get in contact is Instagram. Um, One of my favorite tools. And as I'm exploring Instagram, I'm learning more about it. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is at underscore underscore Jimmy Adams. Um, website is the jimmyadams.com. The most obnoxious website I could probably have now. And I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm searching for a new domain, but that was all <laughs> that was cheap. My name was apparently not cheap. Whoever's out there um, being Holding successful. On to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, so there and then uh, email hello at the Jimmy Adams.com. Nice. Yeah. A couple things that we'll close with, but I like mm-hmm. for our listeners to have some tangibles or some takeaways, mm-hmm. uh, if they are early in recovery. So mm-hmm. I know we kind of touched on this a bit earlier as, as we were walking out of our, um, 
respective uh, treatment programs. But mm-hmm. uh, what what's just some advice, maybe not some tangibles or takeaways, but some advice or some pick-me-ups for people that may be down on themselves or having a, a rough go at it early in recovery? One of my cornerstones, and, and this is a, a cornerstone in, in coaching, right, which is Um, that we are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. So keeping that in mind, keeping in mind that we're naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, you know, we are, um, we're able to find our way out of a tough situation. We're able to uh, create things and opportunities for ourselves that, uh, that maybe once were unavailable. And, you know, as a whole person out in the world, as a whole and healed and healing person out in the world, uh, we have a, a much greater impact on those around us. We're able to show up for those who might need our help. Um, and I think kind of if I could add like just one other little sprinkle of salt there is, you know, showing up for others can mean a lot of different things. But the important part is showing up, being a support in in some way, whatever way that is, seeing people uh, outside of ourselves who might need some of our love, some of our attention, some of our, you know, pats on the back and just say, Hey, listen, you're just doing a great job. Like that's it. And, you know, uh, and for me, I was able to kind of, um, make myself believe that because <laughs> it was hard at first. I was able to make myself believe that by, you know, taking the stance of like, I might want to skip out on a call or a meeting or, you know, see a friend calling and, and say, not really right now. Um, but, but they need me, you know, I'll go to, um, to the occasional 12 step meeting, not even so much for myself, right. I'm going yeah. for someone who is, is actually kind of like maybe even universally calling me and, you know, we, we follow those leads. Sometimes we're like, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. I don't know why I chose this one. Things all just kind of worked out and here I am to, to be of service. And, um, I think those are my two, remembering that we're creative, resourceful, whole, and that we can just show up and be of service. And that that helps a whole lot. Yeah. It sure does. Those are two, yeah. two really good ones. Thanks for those. Yeah. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about getting back in the yoga studio today, but mm-hmm. what other, or what does your recovery practice look like today? Or what, what things do you incorporate? into, uh, your, your daily, your day to day or your recovery sort of routine. (laughs) Folks might not like to hear this, but (laughs) I meditate every single day. Easiest way to just get real and get deep with yourself, right? Like took me a while. It took me a while to develop a practice. And frankly, my meditation sometimes isn't me sitting cross-legged on the floor with crystals and oming. Right. Um, sometimes I'm like listening to some Kanye and I like, that's my, yes. that's like, I'm moving around. I'm getting my body moving. So, uh, so some kind of meditation in the morning, I have a morning routine and, you know, I'm, I'm now like getting up at five 30 in the morning, which for this alcoholic drug addict, yes. like that's, that's totally wild. Right. Like, Right. I can't believe it. Sometimes I, I drag myself to my morning coffee and I'm like, who are you? Like what, <laughs> what, yeah. what happened to you? And we kind of like this version. Yeah. So, you know, meditation, lots of, uh, lots of podcasts, listening for those tidbits that enrich my life that I can share with others, um, moving my body, you know, a yoga practice, which I got into 
pretty recently, about a year ago, after some years away, I was like too drunk to practice yoga at one yeah. point. I wanted to, but I couldn't get myself to a studio and to the mat. Um, so, you know, growing our bodies and our relationship with our bodies and our care for our bodies, you know, as, as, uh, as someone who's, you know, put his body through a whole lot of stuff, right. (laughs) Right? Like, you know, like (laughs) we, we know what it means to take care of it and to be healthy. Now my health is, is a major priority. You know, I, I, I talk openly these days about, you know, about, living with HIV and why it's so important for me to, to be healthy and take care of myself because for a long time I wasn't right. Right. So yeah, meditation, exploring all of the material around us, moving our bodies. That's it. I love that. Yeah. Well, this is one of my, my favorite new questions and and I've Mm. been closing on this one recently, but in keeping with uh, the sobriety diaries, if you had, or if you do make a diary entry today, specifically for June 5th, what would your diary mm. entry sound like for today? I am living with and practicing so much gratitude everywhere that I look around me. And, you know, that sounds like I, I recognize that sometimes, <laughs> you know, like not everything is perfect, right? I think that's what I'm kind of getting at. It's like, yeah. I have so much gratitude for the people, the connections, the love that exists in my life. And the more that I feel into that, the more that I practice it, the more that I am looking out for opportunities for it, the greater it gets, the larger it gets, the the more vibrant and colorful and enriched my life gets. And that's a pretty cool thing. It is cool. It's cool. We get to do this. It's cool. We get a second chance. Um, and I think that we have to embrace that second chance. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a third chance, but I think yeah. recognizing that and embracing it's the most important. Yeah. Can I ask you what would yours yeah. be about today? My diary entry? Yeah. I have a close family member who is currently in inpatient treatment and Mm. I got to visit them today and had the ability to share uh, some of what we had already talked about you and I, as far as my experience with inpatient treatment. So my diary entry or my journal entry that I will probably write here shortly, um, Mm -hmm. will say a lot about gratitude and getting to share that with a close family member and being on the other side Mm -hmm. of it and having the ability to look back and reflect on that time and how far I've come and being Mm -hmm. able to share that knowledge with someone that I love. Uh, So Jimmy, I, I thank you for your time today. And you know, this crazy sort of online recovery world that uh, we're both sort of a part of. I'm I'm super grateful for that as well. And I'm grateful that we connected and perhaps we can, uh, you know, touch base again in the future or. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it, Nate. Let's do it. Thanks so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. 
Make sure you check out today's show notes for all of the information on today's episode and how to connect with our guests. You can find all things podcast related and subscribe to our show at the sobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we upload today's video podcast and on Instagram at the sobriety diaries pod. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes with new stories to tell. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourself. Bye, friends.